0: There was a time in Ireland when it was common to have a priest in the family. It was a huge source of pride, and mothers prayed for their sons to enter the religious life. But in the Ireland of today, the opposite is true.
1: I'm amazed at the amount of mothers I meet in the parish, and I'd say, you're Paddy there, you're Sean, he'd be a great priest. Oh, Father, don't say that, I'd hate him to become a priest. I think we have to listen to that. Why do women who practice their faith... Who bring their children up in the practice of the faith, who worship the Lord, yet would hate and use a word hate their child to become a priest. And I think we, as official church, those discerning the future of the priesthood, must ask the question why? Eleanor, how are you?
0: Okay. Grand, yeah, really happy.
1: And tell me, how did you do? You're happy with how you got on?
0: Yeah, I'm hoping to do primary school teaching, so hopefully Please, God, I got fantastic. enough. Jennifer, are you happy? I'm delighted. And I'm fair delighted. play yeah, to
1: Jennifer.
0: Yeah. What do you, Jennifer. For 36-year-old yeah. Father Paddy Byrne, Absolutely. life is busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's As a curate oh, yeah, in the parish of Bagnellstown, County Carlow, Aisling. his work is spread across three churches with yeah. masses, Perfect. weddings, funerals, baptisms, night, visiting God. the sick and those in need. Okay, <laughs> He is also chaplain to four schools in the town.
1: Are you, really ha- you look really happy. And what do you want to do, Joanne? Social care in Carlos. As well. Yeah. And please God, you're on the way. I remember when I was doing my leave insert that I really felt I'd love to be a priest. But um, it was really in the eye of the storm. Uh, Brendan Smith's story had come out and the Bishop Casey affair had come out. Would people think there was something wrong with me that I wanted to become a priest? And, you know, when you're uh, in your late teens entering into er, uh, early adulthood, there is a, a strong sense of uh, identity and, and, and you know, what would people think? And I was afraid of my life to say it as a peer group. I remember a priest coming in one day talking about vocations in, the, in Leaving Cert here and he said, hands up if any of you ever thought about becoming a priest. And I was sweating, afraid to put up my hand, yet... I knew in my heart, God, I think I'd actually love to be a priest.
0: After finishing school, Paddy went on to study business, economic and social studies in Trinity College. But a year into the course, he was feeling very unsettled. I remember going
1: to talk to a tutor and uh, I remember actually being honest and telling him that I felt I was called to the priesthood. I don't know what he thought. He said, I wouldn't say it was a regular thing, a conversation for an economics uh, lecturer in Trinity to come up with. But I found it very good in his advice and um so the doors were open for me to go back after doing the exams and um I decided it really was strong it there was, there was something i suppose there was a i don't know whether it's like whether how how can one liken it It was just something I had to do. The good news for me was that uh, I didn't have to go to Manuth; I went to Carlo. And uh, I suppose Carlo was my home, number one. Uh, Carlo College uh, was really the centre of the town. At that time, it was probably better known as St. Patrick's College because it was really exclusively a seminary. And uh, I would have grown up often, perhaps as an influence, uh, being attracted to study for the priesthood, walking by the seminary, seeing seminarians, all that type of stuff. <laughs> I was ordained when I was 26. Very young, looking back on it. Um, absolutely very young and full of it at 26. And yet so naive, so very naive. And uh, uh, I suppose, is is seminary a place to grow up in? I'm not sure. I remember the morning of the ordination. Um, my late father and my mother got up out of bed early and I wasn't ordained until 7 o'clock on the Sunday evening in the cathedral and I remember going for a walk with my father around the back of the River Burn, and I found the conversation quite good and going home and there was an experience of emotion where I couldn't stop crying and I remember my mother saying to me, if you don't want to go ahead with it now, you don't have to <laughs> But it wasn't those sort of tears. The tears were one of maybe a sort of a real moment, a moment where I was fulfilled or a moment where I was very worried as well. I mean, it's okay lying down prostrate on the ground and saying, yes, Lord, I please God, I heard your call. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I trust in this. But an awareness of how inadequate, how insecure, how vulnerable a young man I was, how fragile I was... and hoping that I did the right thing.
0: Growing numbers of people want to be counted out of the Catholic Church. Others want to be counted in. Many are neither in nor out. But the vast majority continue to be baptised, receive Holy Communion and Confirmation, and get married in the Church. And despite the fact that the Church is in crisis, the local priest is still present there at key moments in people's lives The population
1: of the parish in general is be about maybe 6,000 or 6,500 people uh, It's a diverse place, there's a, an urban centre, in the, in the heart of it would be the town, but then you have a number of unique and distinct communities uh, like Fenna, Ballinkillen, Newtown Narney, uh, all different areas that have their own identity and we'd go out and try and support those identities Bagnellstown, the parish I'd find, is a place that maybe the big roar of the Celtic Tiger never, never was felt in the same way as in maybe communities in Mead and Kildare and Dublin in the Greater Leinster area. Um, we're going into a housing estate here now in the parish. It's a, it's a new housing estate and uh, a lot of the houses here were built uh, affordable housing. We had the nice occasion there during the summer a few times what we've tried is we've went around to the community in new estates that were built and especially out in the country areas of the parish where we would have gone to bless houses. Now of course the day of just assuming that people would want their houses blessed is over but I couldn't believe the huge response we got that I would say 90% of people would have, after inviting them, if they wanted, would have said, come in, Father, uh, bless our house. In my four years in the parish, I've never knocked a door without the door being open. Because, again, it's sort of maybe affirming that fundamental truth that... You know, discipleship is about responding to the needs of others, and often that need is a vulnerable need. And when you're present and available in a moment of bereavement, in a moment of like this morning where we visited young people, in a moment of family crisis, and I suppose in a moment of joy like a wedding, a baptism, the celebration of an anniversary, or just a connection, a call, visit to say hello to somebody, people are very, very welcoming. Uh, maybe people who are listening can't see, but Uh, Well, I'm not huge, but I I certainly uh, could lose a stone weight. And I I put that down to to people's hospitality. I'm overwhelmed all summer. I'm just driving by my house here, this little one here. And uh, every time I come back to the door of the house, I always uh, would have a bag of vegetables outside. And to me, that's a huge (laughs) affirmation in its own way. People saying thank you or looking after you and I think to have a sensitivity to the fact that you know when you live on your own you are sort of on your own there's some of the lads here we might just have a word with them some from our leaving certs. Brian does anyone to have a little word with me here Aaron come over here for one second Brian, speak? One day, Brian. Oh, yeah. it's only for one second I'm just doing an old radio programme yes, because all there. the women have been talking to us non-stop Brian I'm just we're just coming down from the school here and I'm meeting Brian outside the local shop with some of the lads here are you happy Brian? Ah, oh, yeah, happy enough. And um, tell me what do you want to do next year? Uh, I want to do engineering and business studies in DCU. Fair play to you, bro. Thanks. And uh, lads, have a good night. we will. Fair yeah, play man. to you, alright? Yeah. Thanks, lads. I would have come from a family that practised faith, and um, my mother especially had a very dear place in my heart. Uh, she would have been a very holy woman. Looking back on it, uh, prayer would have been part of our family life, and I think that uh, I suppose my parents all that they desire for any of parents is that your child is happy. And I suppose my mother they did have a worry: would I be lonely? And I don't think any mother would want her son to be lonely. How are you, Molly? Molly. Are you well? How are you, ladies? Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, Peter. How are, you? How are you, Esther? i you. Uh, Esther is from the lovely place of Narley. She yeah. gets me sometimes to pray that she'll re- meet the right man. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah,
0: that's right, madam. Are you happy here, Esther? I am very happy. Yeah,
1: you were lonely before you came I here. I was, yeah. Weren't you? I was. It's hard being lonely.
0: It is, yeah. Uh, you like someone to keep you company. Don't you? I wouldn't mind you now with me.
1: <laughs> well, we see more of you now than we did when you were in your own house. I know, yeah, yeah. but you
0: used to come up to see me on the stage. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: You, were on, you were very lonely, Esther. I was, yeah. yeah. You've really come on so much since you've come in here. I know, no
0: one, uh, everyone can't get over me now. Yeah, and the
1: smile is back. Yeah, and Peter is a fantastic soldier, a great man who recently celebrated his nine oh. I'm more than that. Nine. 9-1. Nine more than that. 9-2. 2 9-2. Big God, Peter.
0: <laughs> yeah. I never thought I'd make it. I thought I'd never to be party.
1: Yeah. You were very sick when you were in Sacred Heart, Peter. What well, I? You. you? were. I think you were. But you, you're resurrected. <laughs> you're back to us for another few <laughs> years. I knew i am ready to go whenever he calls me. Thanks, Peter. I've gone through an awful lot of bereavements in my life. Um, really, a very, in a very short period of time, a year after I was ordained, uh, my mother died from cancer, and I found that a horrible experience of uh, looking and loving someone so much and not being in control. And I've great empathy with anyone who lives with cancer or any family member because it's it's a roller coaster of a journey, and hopefully, often a hopeful one where people recover but in our case that didn't happen and our poor mother was very very sick for the last year of her life and I suppose it's a very real uh, bereavement that affects so many people Uh, I suppose the next bereavement was our dad that I suppose when when my mother died he was a very quiet man his great phrase was if anyone called Margaret you do the talking here now that he certainly didn't have the gift of the gab So Daddy, part of him died when Mammy died and he got quite depressed and uh, very, very, very in on himself and uh, he became very sick and um, he, after a short time in hospital, he died very, very quickly as well and um, a young man only in his middle 60s and then only two years ago, my eldest brother, Jimmy, he died and um, that was a huge huge loss to me and continues to be, uh, a young man who who was a great friend as well, and a fantastic friend to so many people around Carlow, where he grew up. So we've had our knocks as a family or as an individual.
0: The number of priests in Ireland is in serious decline. In the 1980s, Ireland had more than 150 new recruits to the priesthood every year and exported Catholic missionaries all over the world. But in 2010, just 16 men started training. The shortage of priests will see profound change in Catholic Church structures and practices as priests struggle to maintain essential services.
1: We have three churches, so myself and Declan look after the three churches. We have Mass here on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and the run would be, we suppose the weekend Masses would include, we'd have a Saturday evening Mass at 6 o'clock. There's no panic. We would have um, a Sunday morning mass at 8 o'clock. Good morning, everyone. You're all very, very welcome. As we gather this morning... In the, the 9 o'clock mass here in Newtown. Good morning, everyone. Another one would celebrate mass, what, about 14 miles away, up on top, near the hill of lowenthal Leinster there, Ballen-Killen. And then we would have a half-eleven mass as well on a Sunday morning. The Lord followed by a half-seven Sunday evening mass. I actually am the youngest priest still in the diocese as a diocesan priest and I'm 36 and I find that somewhat worrying that at 36 years of age I'm the youngest priest there's no real sign of ordinations coming after me. We have a small few number of men in formation for the priesthood and um, the reality is there are only 15 priests in the diocese of Kildare and Lachlan under the age of 45. In the next five years something like 20 priests from the diocese are going to retire which means in five years time I think I could be wrong on this but I think around 60 priests in a diocese that has 54 parishes in a population of over 250,000 people. I think it's sad that many of the times particularly in big urban centres that the function of a priest is becoming like a sacramental minister exclusively and that there is somehow the factory where people come in, get married celebrate a funeral you're just doing sacramental work in an anonymous way maybe in a way that's not as personal as i can experience here in a rural area i think we need to really have a much more spiritual role in our communities
0: here
1: in the sacristy now there is a a meeting where lay people will actually lead the morning worship. And they will do so by distributing Holy Communion that would have been consecrated at Sunday Mass. And they will read the Word of God and they will reflect on that and pray together. So just because the physicality of the priest isn't present at the Mass, the people of God who gather every week continue to gather. And that will happen next week, for instance, when myself and the parish priest happens to be away that every morning, at, instead of Mass, there will be a communion service and the lay people will lead that service. So I'd have great hope that that type of catechetics and ministry will continue, that uh, in the future, I should I say, that they will continue to, to worship the Lord regardless of a priest being present, that it doesn't in any way prohibit people from being involved. No, Up the early this morning, um, feeling this morning in good form. I like the the early morning, particularly for my own personal prayer, because as a, as a priest, we pray the breviary. That's okay. I, I, it's one of the teachers in the school. It's okay. Hello, Sean. Yeah. Is that okay? Thanks, Sean. To train a few new altar servers in the church. So I suppose that whole prayer of the breviary uh, initially for a couple of years after I was ordained, I I just was so in. I had no discipline around it. Um, you make a promise when you're ordained that you'll you'll pray the breviary, but I just found myself completely disconnected from it, and I quickly realised that without it. I I would often go by days where now obviously I'd be praying the mass, you'd be praying with people, you'd be have devotional prayers, but your own personal prayer, my personal prayer anyway, suffered and neglected itself. And as a result I, I found myself somewhat at times superficial that the, the I felt maybe not grounded in the Lord to the extent that I I ought to be, because without having a prayer life, being a secular diocesan priest you really are a social worker i mean is there any difference between you know doing good works that teachers do that lay people do every day or being a priest what's the difference now obviously you can celebrate the sacraments but do you do so with with uh, integrity and with a, a sense of prayerfulness so many people say to me every day will you say a prayer for this father will you say a prayer for my brother or a sister got a text message this morning from a man in my old parish who's diagnosed with a brain tumour to ask him, me to say prayers for him who's going for chemotherapy today. So all those things are important and I see a spiritual hunger out there and I think as priests we have a function to be spiritual leaders. It's a lovely church. How are you? my, my was good. Yeah. You're on the air. Always on the air. Well, all right, <laughs> come on. <down. laughs> yeah.
0: Hi, Margaret. How are things?
1: try and have maybe nice music in the church because people it's amazing at any time of the day people are in the church and it's a sanctuary of prayer it's a place of hope a place of quietness where in that stillness of the day in this place it's in great contrast to the hectic pace that's outside of life of pressure of problems. And it's a building that embraces the community at so many different times every week and at so many fundamental occasions in their life. And I always try and welcome, and I always make the reference down at the back of the church. The door is open, not just to those who come publicly on Sunday, which I'm still amazed at the amount of people who do come to church. I'd say we could have anything over 40% of the population of the parish who come to church on Sunday. But often people come discreetly and quietly at moments such as this. And look over here, you see candles lighting. A candle for a person who's sick I'm conscious of a woman going for a mammogram this morning she's worried about a lump she's discovered on her breast I'm, I'm i'm conscious of a of a man who's in Kilkenny hospital at the moment in pain and worried in case he's got cancer i'm conscious of a young woman in a psychiatric hospital at the moment from the parish and her family are very worried about her so somehow god's grace communicates a sense of peace in this place and that's very much the message that I'm trying to preach that no matter what issue or burden we have in Jesus Christ all will be well. And I think that's the fundamental message of our faith. It's nothing about the institution. The institution serves the fundamental message. But the problem for me is that the institution became the message and it forgot about the fundamentals of the Christian story. And surely in that image of the door open, My priority is also for those who find the door not open. What about the couples who are in second relationships who come and say, Father Paddy, would you be able to do a blessing? And the problem we have, oh, we can't really because we're not supposed to. Or what about gay people who feel absolutely estranged from the church because in one level the moral teaching of the Catholic Church describes a condition that they term as intrinsically evil? Uh, What about people who have made mistakes and want to come back again? And I think I've absolutely no doubt that the Jesus of Nazareth who is rejuvenating the Church through gifts of the Holy Spirit, Jesus of Nazareth is on the margins.
0: During the Celtic Tiger... It could be said that consumerism took over the role of religion in the lives of many, but in the current climate, people are getting back to the simple things in life, looking for hope, and connecting with their faith. And what better way to do that than climbing Ireland's holy mountain? No, not just.
1: There's a good few gone on. Oh, I'd say they're gone on. Oh, Angela, Shane's wife? Yes. Oh, yeah, she's gone on. They always go on there. I think it's fantastic to be here at the butt of Croke-Patrick after a very early morning where around 120 people from the parish have come to make a pilgrimage. And uh, it's something that we try to do every year, to be open to making an old journey which involves getting up early leaving at 5am in the morning and arriving here at about quarter past ten after a half an hour break en route. It's it's a very grey day looking up that the mountain itself seems to be covered in uh, cloud but we have an expectant faith that please God this will be uh, revealed to us in splendid light as we make our journey. This is your first time doing it, chant. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We're about to make our pilgrim way. And just we all have whatever prayer we make or for whoever we love in our hearts. And it's very much part of that pilgrimage. There's nothing easy about climbing Croke-Patrick. And at times we know there's nothing easy about the mountains we all have to climb in our life itself. So we pray a decade of the rosary for a safe pilgrim pathway for us. And we ask Almighty God to mind us and bless us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. bagnellstown in the last week three people have been killed on road traffic accidents so last saturday this day a week i was out walking by the river and uh, i got a phone call from the guard saying uh, you may come out here there's a tragedy another fatality and it was a lovely young man milan from slovakia and he was on his motorbike driving back to work about four miles outside the boris road so i called out to a situation that was uh, extremely tragic um, I found very difficult because I was leaving immediately afterwards to go to a wedding, and uh, a scene of great tragedy, a lovely young man, his whole life ahead of him, and he lying on the ground dead, and uh, a very unpleasant scene, and uh, great tears felt by his colleagues and friends. So I felt numb after that experience. And uh, I suppose on top of that, a young man just from the neighbouring parish uh, 17 years of age, was killed uh, four days previously. And three days after Milan died, another young lady, uh, 24 years of age, was killed just four miles down the road. So uh, it's, 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 it's it's a difficult part of the ministry that you are on call to these tragic circumstances. And what do I bring with me? Only, I suppose, often uh, faith. Uh, my own inadequacies, no doubt. Um, but a sense of God's presence, I pray and hope. And uh, I'm thinking of poor Milan and those young people and their family that, you know, an incident like that and it's all over and their family is devastated for life. So I'm thinking of those going up the mountain this morning as well. Glory be to the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And amen, amen, amen. 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 Oh, there's always a real air of excitement starting off. And I suppose, like, people genuinely are making a foot up this mountain for so many, many different reasons that many of them would have shared it privately with me, you know? And it's remarkable that, we would say, not everybody who's climbing this pathway today would be formally connected with mainstream religion. And yet... These ancient pathways speak greatly to where people find themselves to be in life. I suppose a morning like this morning offers great hope. Uh, Hope that our faith is bigger than the story of an establishment that's in crisis at the moment. That God's spirit... In this moment of crisis is reminding us that faith is so very alive well done girls
0: are you long
1: up yourself? no not too long, a few minutes Thanks,
0: so if you're talking
1: we have a mutual friend called Joan and Paddy And poor Joan and Paddy, I've had the sad experience over the last three years of burying twins belonging to them and then baby Alice, who was born and died after a few weeks. And I know that their hearts are broken and these good people here are great friends of them. Cousins. Cousins. Why did you do the mountain this morning?
0: This is our third time. We want to complete it
1: third time this year
0: no 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 a few years, it's a few years since our third time to do together i don't know i like doing a penance you like, I'd like to do lockdown you know a bit of confession and a bit of a penance but i meant to do a fast yesterday now to kind of prepare myself a bit for it but i didn't i have to say I just slipped my mind i was just mad i have an 18 month old now and it's harder to to get yeah. going you know organize everything
1: is it hard going with the child
0: She's very good Is she? I'm so thankful to have her now thank Isn't that
1: fantastic God? To have a healthy child? Yeah Two great women
0: to help a God poor old Joan and be blessed With one now soon It means
1: well. everything to her Doesn't it? Yeah Yeah Yeah. Well we'll pray for them now At the mass We
0: will I brought my St Anthony candle as well. you do, You way. you
1: light that on the altar And we that'll remind me as well Yeah I'm delighted to be able to do it Thank God Thanks girls Yeah yeah In a few thank minutes God. now yeah. 20 and 15 minutes They're all coming now well done, man. Thanks, a lot. young lads must have been here earlier. Oh, they flew up. Here's Pat and Helen. Just looking at them all sharing their cup of coffee or their slice of sandwich or whatever they have, it's it's Eucharistic without ever even having a Eucharist. So I, I think it's very powerful.
0: In a day. A priest can go through a roller coaster of emotion, moving seamlessly from a funeral to a wedding, scenes of tragedy to moments of joy. He shares the burdens of many, but at the end of the day, he has no one to go home to, to share his own burdens with.
1: I think in the future uh, the whole question of priestly celibacy has to be addressed because I know in my life, I can honestly say that my life as a human being and as a follower of Jesus Christ and as a minister of the word of God and of, of the priestly ministry as well, I think it would be greatly enhanced if I could share my life with a significant other. And I really mean that, that I think to have... To be able to share your life in an intimate way with somebody else is very important. And I think that has to be allowed for. Um, But I I, I wonder why isn't it? And I think a lot of it goes back to the old boys in Rome not listening, Uh, I don't know what type of life that's going on there is, but I wonder is it in touch with the reality of a diocesan priesthood? And I, 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 I often, I suppose, you know, being with people and getting to love people who are sick and going back on your own then to your own house or, and it's not just a ministry that's about being in, in, in situations of turmoil there's, there's wonderful moments every day of, 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 of joy and happiness and fulfilment but, but to be able to have someone to share that with I think it's a fundamental human need The place I feel most, maybe at times, uncomfortable is going to a wedding. I love celebrating a wedding. I find it very difficult walking into the hotel on your own, looking around and saying, God, I wonder is there anyone here I know? Uh, Having the meal and the music starts, and you'd love to be able to go out and dance away, but not having a woman with you to be able to do that. I I, I think it's a lonely moment walking out of every wedding, and uh, it reminds me of, of the cross of celibacy.
0: Of the Irish Catholic hierarchy are beginning a meeting about now with Pope Benedict in the Vatican to discuss the fallout from the Murphy and Ryan reports into clerical child abuse.
1: When I see the Irish bishops at the moment, and I'm talking as a priest, and it's only my opinion over the last year, I've been greatly disappointed by, their, by how overwhelmed they are by fear, by, by silence by by not getting out there and and offering the type of leadership that I would ask for. And uh, maybe my, my sense is too much, I don't know, but I would hope that in the future, please, God in heaven, we'll have bishops fuelled by the Holy Spirit and in doing so we'll be brave men to get out and to make connections with the unemployed, to be on the side of the margins, to be a voice of challenge to the culture that is so greatly secular and a culture that is so hungry for the spiritual, and that they will inspire others to be part of the life of the church and in the priesthood of the church. And that's, that's perhaps, I, it's a perhaps idealistic, or maybe a little bit too idealistic, but that's where I'm at, and I think it's the expectation that's not been really met. So I, I hope and pray that leaders will emerge in this time of crisis, that, that we'll have that courage. This isn't a time for Rome to hand out a safe pair of hands to manage diocese. I think we've had enough of bishops with safe pairs of hands mentality. And it's a mindset that's safe, it's restrictive. I think we need a more, a more authentic, charismatic, liberal, and I don't mean liberal just to be a lefty, but a liberal to be engaged in the radical vision that is the gospel. Jesus Christ surely wasn't a safe pair of hands when they brought him up to a cross and nailed him on it. That as a Christian leader, he challenged the structures and in challenging the structures, he brought fundamental change. And I think that is the, the type of uh, context of leadership that I'm trying to, 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 to partake in or, and that we're so starved of in the Irish Church.
0: Unless the Irish Catholic Church finds a way of recruiting young men. By 2028, the number of priests is expected to fall from 4700 to 1500. Will a young priest like Father Paddy find a voice within the structure of the hierarchy at a time when an injection of youth is desperately needed? Will a new generation of the Catholic Church break through? Or will priests have effectively disappeared in Ireland in two or 3 decades?
1: The important things for me in being a priest is service. It's bottom line. And I suppose it might sound selfish, but I'm greatly fulfilled in the life of service. So thankfully, I can say, I, I rarely, if ever, question myself, am I happy being a priest or do I have fulfillment? or into, I, I, I'm quite happy as a priest, even in these very challenging times. Yes, I'm frustrated as a priest. Yes, I call and... And sometimes scream with frustration at official church and for the need for real progress, that how snail pace we're making progress. Yes, I, I lament the fact that no one else seems to be joining us, that we are becoming an old group of men. And I wonder, will we have a future in the Irish church unless things change? But I feel fulfilled, I feel blessed, I feel deeply happy. And I, I certainly am. I'm am very happy being a priest.